are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. Amen. I'm gonna, we're going to go into the book of John chapter 14, and we're going to continue our series, Discover Jesus. So if you have your Bible, I'd invite you, open to John chapter 14, and we're going to start at verse 15. We've heard some amazing messages from Pastor Bobby and Pastor Paul leading up to all these moments. We're walking through all these things that Jesus was teaching his disciples, his disciples meaning you and me also. We, we, we realize that Jesus is coming to the very end of his life here on earth. He knows he's about to die. He knows what he's about to do. Shed his blood on that cross. He was about to be nailed onto a tree, onto a cross, and die for the sins of humanity so that you and I could be free from all condemnation and all the consequences, that all, all, those, all the destiny of separation from God, that thing that separated us from him, Jesus knew he was about to go deal with it. He goes, I, I, this is why I've come, the Lamb of God. I'm about to shed my blood so that you can come and be with me in eternity. And he's here, he's getting ready to die, but then he begins to talk to all his disciples. His disciples are all around the table. He just finishes washing their feet. Pastor Paul did a great message about that, that scene of how Jesus himself washed the feet of his disciples. He, he even prophesied that even one of you in here is going to betray me. He knew that Judas was about to betray him, and he still washed his feet. Amazing. And then he continues to foretell about Peter's denial. Peter, you're, you're going to deny me three times. He tells him that. And then he begins to tell him, I'm about to go. I'm about to be taken away from you. I'm about, to, I'm about to die and go back to my father. And all these men that were in this room, and, and women too, they were all listening to Jesus talk about him leaving. And can you imagine for a second the guy that you literally forsook everything to follow him? His disciples said, they said goodbye to their jobs. They said they, 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 all their dreams and aspirations, all those things that they wanted to do, they laid it down so that they could follow him. They saw how worthy he was of that. And all these things, the people, all their hope and focus, he was going to be the one that was going to set them free, who was going to break the oppression of Rome, all these things. They had all these ideas of who this Messiah was, and they had put all their hope and all their energy and all their lives, the past three years, dedicated their life to this guy, and now he's saying that he's going to leave? I'm about to go, he said. And it says, their hearts were deeply troubled when they heard this. Wouldn't yours? If the thing that you just dedicated your entire being and life and energy and everything to said that it was about to go, they were not only terrified, but they were grieving. Jesus, you can't go. And this is where this scene picks up, where Jesus then begins to talk to them about a promise, one, that was going to come not only upon them, but going to come and live in them. 
Listen to these first few verses. It says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Say, another helper. He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Jesus here promises the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I remember as a boy uh, growing up, uh, I would read Bible stories. I would read the, the stories that Jesus had with his disciples. And it would, it, there was almost like a sense of envy in me. Like, if only I could have been there. Man, if only I could have been in the room when Mary broke the jar and the perfume filled the room. Oh, man, what... Oh, how, how my heart would feel to see that. Oh, if only I could have been there when I saw him take the little boy's lunch and multiply it to feed the thousands. Oh, man, if only I could have been there so I could have leaned up against Jesus and just held on to him and know that he's there. If only this, if only that, I would, oh, can you imagine how big my faith would be if I was there? Wow, then I could really walk the way Jesus wanted me to walk. Then I could actually be, be encouraged to keep walking this walk. And then I stumbled upon this verse. If you go with me to John 16, verse 7, this is Jesus in the same type of scene, continually talking about the Holy Spirit. And look what he says. And this blew my mind the first time I read it. This blew my mind. John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is better for you that I leave, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I do go, I will send him to you. Are you Jesus, you're saying that it's actually better for you in the flesh, Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God that created everything. It's actually better for you to leave so that you could send this Holy Spirit? Church, I, I, I want, I'm here, I have one message in mind, and it's this. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God. And it's not just a, just a nice thing that we have because Jesus is gone, and, and you know, we, we, we get together, and it's nice and everything. But no, Jesus actually said, it is better for me to go to my Father because the Holy Spirit will be with you, and like that verse said, not only with you, but he will be in you. Amen? Amen. And as I begin to process that, thinking about this Sunday, and, and man, how I'm going to preach this, oh, Lord, help me. I, I, I want to I really communicate this well, Lord. And, and, and all of a sudden, I just started thinking, that, do I really believe this? I felt God really challenged my faith in a loving way, like he always does. Do you really believe this? Like, actually, do you, do you believe that it is better for me to be with my Father and you have the Holy Spirit? And I just started thinking, man, how would I worship if Jesus was sitting here in the second row? 
<laughs> how would I sing? How would I, how would I pour out my love to God in, in, if he was sitting in the room? Then it went a little deeper. And I started thinking, man, how would I preach? How would I preach if God was sitting right there? What would I have the faith for if Jesus was sitting in this room? What? You're telling me the same God who did that, who lived that, who walked out, who taught his disciples that? He's real today here with us. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. He is here. And so today, I'm going to preach like Jesus is in the room. Today, I'm going to preach and I'm going to worship and I'm going to believe like he's actually in the room. Because, church, he is. Amen? Amen. Jesus, we love you so much. Bless the rest of this message. Holy Spirit, let it be you who moves and who touches and who teaches and who guides us into all truth. We love you in your, pray, in your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Today we're going to talk about three roles that the Holy Spirit has in our lives. Now that we got that out of the way, that God is here, God is with us, the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father, we're going to talk about three different roles that the Holy Spirit plays in the life of the believer. If we read those verses again, in verse 15 it says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, you do know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. Our first thing that the Holy Spirit, the first role that he plays in us is that he is our helper. He is our helper. The word that is used is, uh, in Greek, it sounds fancy, is uh, parakletos. If you want to say that with me, one, two, three, parakletos. He is our helper. What the, that means is, is that, that he will actually come and help us to live the Christian life. That, that is the role that Jesus really wants to communicate to his people is that he will come and actually help us live out the Christian life. And what we've done a lot in our society is that we've minimized Christianity to merely good morals and good values. We've minimized it. We've, we've like, we just made it from what it was supposed to be to something like this. Okay, I'll, I will go and I'll learn to be a nicer person. Many people, believe it or not, have that view of Christianity. It's just supposed to make me nicer. It's just supposed to help me out with this and, and, and teach me good morals. Let me tell you, everything about the Christian life is supernatural through and through. Everything about the Christian life is birth and carried, sustained by the supernatural presence of Holy Spirit in our lives. So it, it, it boggles my mind when many don't know who Holy Spirit is. They've maybe heard, maybe heard somebody mention him in the different rituals that we do in the church. But many who don't know him, actually. It, it, the, the Christian life, even the very beginning, the conception is birthed from the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, if you are here and you have faith in God, that very faith that you have is a gift from God. 
We, we, we can't even take credit for the very faith that we exercise. The very faith that we got, the Bible teaches us, is drawn to us by the Holy Spirit. So the fact that you're in this room and you have faith, that means the Holy Spirit moved upon your heart at some point. Drew you in. That means that the Holy Spirit that actually began to make a work in your heart, wanting, beckoning you to the Father. In that moment that we say yes to the beckoning, the moment that we say yes, I surrender, forgive me God, I give my life to you, please save me. That moment is a gift from God. And it says that that moment, you are literally born again of spirit. Born again inside. Talking that, that each of us are, are born naturally once. And if Jesus tarries, we're all going to die naturally once. But Jesus taught about a new birth. A birth that comes from the Holy Spirit. That each and every one who put our faith in him, he actually comes and brings back to life our souls, our spirit. We are born again of spirit. And when we are born again, that is so that, yes, we may die a natural death, but we will never have to taste of the spiritual one that is to come for those who aren't born again. So if we are born again from the very beginning, it is actually the Holy Spirit bringing us to faith. And again, we, we cannot dis- make smaller what Christianity is, that, that it actually is us being transformed from the inside out. For him, invite, inviting him in. And the Bible says that our bodies, our hearts, who we are, us, becomes the very temple of God. The house of God. We have this beautiful building. I love this room. I love that we can gather here and worship God. But let me tell you, we could be doing this also under a bridge. And God would still be there. We could be doing this out in the field. I read the revivalist stories of the great awakenings in America where they would just stand on the little wooden box and there would be thousands of people there preaching the gospel. God was there too. The Holy Spirit says that I want to make my home inside of you. And when he comes, he becomes our helper. The, that word, that phrase, perikletos, has like... Uh, almost like a legal term in that language. Or like when you are in trouble or you don't know what to do or something happened, and you go to a lawyer. All right, I, what, what, what do I do? I need, I need help. Help me out. The word that is used for that is helper, advocate, counselor. That's somebody who comes by your side and helps you in your walk with Jesus. How many of you read a portion of scripture, one of the teachings of Jesus that says, for example, okay, I, I get love your neighbor, I get that, and love your family well, be a good father for your kids, I, I get that, I get that. But then Jesus, you say, love your enemies? Or love those who want to kill you? Love those who hate you? And all of a sudden, you get to some territory where you're like, oh, that's hard. <laughs> that, that's a little difficult. Or it says, uh, Jesus says, when you do things, um, we, we love to do things because of what we can get in return. Uh, like, I'm, yes, I'm going to love you because also, you, you know, you, you, got, you got influence. But Jesus says, when you throw a party, don't invite the rich. 
Don't invite the famous. Don't invite those who could actually help you out. Jesus said, actually invite the sick. Invite the poor. Invite the lepers. For they cannot pay you back. And all of a sudden you're like, that one's hard too. I don't know if I'm the only one here who reads the Bible and you realize, oh, this is tough. This is hard. Well, let me tell you, it's because it is. And it's supposed to show us that we can't do it alone. It, it can't be just behavior modification. It cannot just be just trying to have, teach morality. It has to be born of the Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit in us is who empowers us to be able to do everything that Jesus has commanded us. Everything. He's a helper. The word other helper, another helper, that word another. There's two different words that, that John could have used to try to talk about this another helper. One of them is a word that says another of a different kind, another like something different. Like if you were talking about a truck and then another car of a different kind would be like a sedan. Something totally different. Still car, but it's different. But the word that, that John uses here that he remembers Jesus using is the word alos. Alos perikletos. Alos is a word that means another of the very same kind. Another of the same kind. Meaning we didn't get shortchanged when Jesus went up to be with God and he sent his Holy Spirit. He's saying his spirit here with us is as significant, as real, and as present as if Jesus was here in the flesh with us. So again, that challenge comes back to me. Do I believe that? Do I really believe that? I want to. And I'm asking God to continue to show me, reveal to me more and more that that is so true. That is so true. Uh, Jesus, uh, in, in one of uh, his his teachings to his disciples he, he, in, in Luke chapter 12, but for sake of time, we won't go there and read it, but he is talking to his disciples about the days that they're going to go out and preach. They're going to go out and do the work of God. And he says, do not be afraid when they get you and they throw you in front of the synagogues. Do not be afraid even when they get you and they throw you in front of the government, in front of the leaders, the governing officials. Don't even be afraid when they throw you in, in front of the authorities. He says, for in that moment, the Holy Spirit will teach you, will lead you, will, will, will show you what it is that you have to say. He's our helper. He's our helper. Not only that, but he is our helper in being able to walk in, in this Christian life. If you sense that there is this thing that has power over you, some kind of addiction, some kind of cyclical sin that you feel like you're in bondage, that, that it keeps you from running after God. Let me tell you, he's the helper that can cut that in the name of Jesus. He's the helper that can convict our hearts in a way that can actually change us from inside out. He can actually do it. He wants to do it. Let me... Please, I, I, like, this is something I always say to so many people. We need to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. His voice is a voice of conviction that draws us closer to God when we realize we're not perfect. I need God more. The voice of the enemy is a voice of condemnation. 
that says God doesn't want anything to do with you is a kid. You're too far gone. You're too messed up. So if you are here this morning and, and you have been listening to those lies of condemnation, like God can't do anything with you. God doesn't want anything to do with you. Look at you. Like you've got to get yourself right before you can come and be part of God's house. You've got to get yourself right before you can come and be part of his family and do what God wants you to do in your life. No, no, no. Don't listen to that. I'm here to silence those lies. I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit will convict you, will highlight areas in your life that there is sin, but he will love you and his kindness will draw you into his repentance. And he will draw you close, near to his heart. And so the, the way you can tell the difference between conviction and condemnation, conviction will make you want to get closer to God. Condemnation will not make you get away from God. So he is our helper. He will lead us and he will teach us these things. Number two, the second role that the Holy Spirit has, if you're taking notes, this is number two, he is our guide. He is our guide. I, the other day I got to watch a documentary or kind of like this video of watching these uh, tourists take a tour of the jungles in my home country of Ecuador. And I know we got some people from Ecuador here, Gloria a Dios, amen. And so we were sitting there and, and I'm watching this thing and, and then you got this documentary and you got these tourists who have no idea where they are. They have no idea what they're doing, but they have something that is very, very, very important to them. And well, who is that? Their tour guide. <laughs> and I started thinking, man, what would happen if the tour guide disappeared? What would happen to them? It wouldn't be good. We'll just say that. <laughs> they wouldn't make it too long. They wouldn't make it too long. The Holy Spirit is our guide in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the one who guides us. As we read in here in verse 25 and 26, it says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. Jesus is saying this. And he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance of all that I have said to you. He calls him the spirit of truth, a spirit of revelation. He says that he is the spirit that lives in us who will actually lead us to all truth. Uh, there's this man, I don't know if you, any of you have heard of a man called A.W. Tozer. He's a great writer. He's a man who, who, who just written books that are so rich and so powerful and so just life transforming. And there's another man called Leonard Ravenhill. And then Leonard Ravenhill, speaking on A.W. Tozer, this author, he begins to just contemplate about him and just his work and just the things that he says and how it's impacted his heart. He, he said this, because there are a bunch of academics in the academic world. But he says this about A.W. Tozer. He's like, now here is a man who is not college-bred, but he is spirit-taught. I'll say that again. Now, here's a man who's not college-bred, but he is spirit-taught. There's a difference. I'm all, education's amazing, and studying all these things is amazing, but if it only stays up here with knowledge that we get ourselves just from other people, and it just stays up here. But the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth and revelation, doesn't actually make it come here. There's a whole difference. How, how many of you have ever read a, a verse that you've read your entire lives, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, boom, it just hits you? Anybody here has that, had that happen to them? When all of a sudden, you read, I will 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for I know you're with me. And you can read that all your life. Okay, that's a nice, that's a nice thing, you know? That's nice. But then all of a sudden, you read it, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth comes, and the Spirit of revelation comes in, and all of a sudden, it's like, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear nothing. I will fear no evil. Why? Because I know that my God is with me. So I just want to invite you, church. This is a, has a practical part of it, too. When you're doing your devotions, when you whip out the Bible app, and you're sitting there looking at the plans and everything, and you read it, oh, that's the verse of the day. Nice. Cool. You know? Or when you sit down in the morning, it's like, all right, I'm going to read. I'm going to read a couple of verses. Cool. I, I ask you, and I, I'm, and I tell you, this will change the way you read the Bible. Invite the Holy Spirit in those moments. Invite him. Tell him, come. Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, come and teach me everything that you want me to know. Teach me. Teach me. Let your word come and just, just well up in my heart and in my soul. Let me tell you, he will do it. I, was, I went to Liberty University, and I had the great privilege and honor to, to do ministry on the campus. I was one of like what they call a resident shepherd, but it was like a spiritual leader on the hall. So pretty much if anybody needed to talk to somebody, they would, they would come here. They would talk to me. If anybody needed prayer, if something was happening, I was just kind of over the hall just to be there with, a, with another partner who did the same thing. And we discipled a few guys who then in turn would be group leaders and everything. But one day, I had one guy come up to me, and he asked me, he's like, bro, we, can, we, can we please get coffee? I'm going through it, man. Like, I'm struggling with this, this, and this. And when he told me that, I was like, you know? <laughs> oh, man, I hope I got the word to say. Oh, dang, I've never experienced that before. I hope I can help. All these things, I was nervous. I got nervous. How can I help this guy? Like, I don't know, like, I hope, I hope I can say something. I hope that something helps. Anyway, so we get down, and we sit down, and we sit down for coffee, and, and he, he sits down in front of me, and I tell him, all right, um, here, let me, let me just pray for us before we get to start talking. And he was like, yeah, sure, man, please. And so I pray, very short prayer, Holy Spirit, we invite you to this coffee time. Holy Spirit, guide our conversation and lead us to all truth. Amen. Amen. And he's like, cool, bro. And then he just starts just dumping out all this stuff. And I'm sitting there. I'm just like, yeah, bro. Yeah, man. You know, just listening. And then he'd be like, and then this, and then this, and then that. But then, he, but then all of a sudden he'd be like, but then like, oh, but then like God, he says this in this psalm. And then God says this in his word, right? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then he goes to the next thing. Oh, but I'm struggling with this thing. I just can't break it off of me. I'm just like, and I'm just like, and I'm like, hmm. But then he goes like, yeah, but I know his grace is sufficient. In my weakness, he's strong. And he just, all these things just start coming to him and all these things. And, and I'm just sitting there. And again, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. Right on. And he goes like, oh, but then, and then my family this. And then, oh, and then, oh, and then. And then all, he keeps going. 
And then again, he has another moment where he's just like, yeah, but, but I know this. I know God says this. And, and then I should do this. I should forgive that family member. I should forgive them. You're right. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, that's, that's all good stuff. And then the time finishes. He drinks his coffee. He finishes. He was like, bro, give me a hug. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much that helped. I needed that. I needed that. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, of course, bro. Love you, man, and everything. And in my head, I'm like, I did nothing. I did nothing. I just sat there. Absolutely nothing. But I literally watched the Holy Spirit lead him to all truth. So that's just an encouragement. Invite the Holy Spirit. When you're having tough conversations, just quick prayer. Holy Spirit, come. It doesn't have to be crazy or weird or anything. Just say, Holy Spirit, come. Amen. Third point. One more point. Uh, If you're taking notes, the third role that the Holy Spirit has in our lives is that he is our friend. He's our friend. I, uh, when I found out I was going to preach this Sunday, it's about like my favorite topic. I love talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, Because how much he's changed my life and my walk when I realized how real he is. And, and, and I love talking about the power of God. I was ready to preach on, on just like Jesus saying, you will do greater things, even greater things than I did because the Holy Spirit is going to come to you. Jesus said that. Jesus said, you will even go and you're going to move with power and authority. I want you to go and, and you want to preach the gospel, see nations be saved. You're, you're going to see devils be cast out. You see bondage that people have be broken. You're going to see people be healed in the name of Jesus. You're going to see all these things. He's talking about the authority and the power of God. And I'm sitting there and I'm getting hyped. I'm like, let's go. Yes, it's going to be so good. I can't wait to preach about this because I love preaching that, like the power of God. And I was getting ready for this message. I'm thinking, oh, power of God. Amen. Amen. This is so good. And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit say, boop, pump, pump the brakes. And right there, I was just like, And I felt the Holy Spirit say, yes, for today, I want you to not focus so much on that, but focus on the fact that I want to be their friend. I want them to know me. For how are they going to function in my power if they don't have any idea who I am? How are they going to function in my authority and the power I've given them if they don't even know me? If they don't talk to me? And then I, I got convicted. I was like, wow, God. I didn't even felt the Lord say, I, yes, those things are true. But we cannot be chasing after the power. We can't be chasing after the signs and the wonders and the mighty things of God. We cannot be chasing after that and ignore the fact that we need to chase after him. For listen to me, this is amazing. As we follow after him, all that stuff, we don't have to follow after that. Because when we follow after him, all that stuff will follow after us. As we go, as we follow him, as we follow Jesus. Jesus wants friendship with his people. Jesus wants us to know that he is actually a person. Many people have this idea, even Christians, that the Holy Spirit is this kind of like 
appear, you know, like this cloud, and you're just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool, kind of crazy, but kind of cool up there. And, and today, I just want you to know, and I just feel that the Holy Spirit wants somebody to know that he's a person. He's a friend. He, he wants to know you, and he wants you to, to know him. Uh, I, I, he, he is not just the power. He is not just a good feeling. He's not some kind of energy. He is God, part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's real, and he lives with us and in us. And what's amazing about this is I've been to worship nights at, at a college campus where we got together, a bunch of believers. We're, we're singing to God. We're playing music. And then we actually found out that there was non-believers who came because they heard the music. They came, and, and by the end of the night, we're singing, we're doing this, and I go to meet some of them that they come, and I shake their hands, and some of them just got tears running down their eyes. And they're like, yo, what was that? <laughs> You're like, dude, and the way they talk about it is like, dude, the energy here, it's just different. You know, the, dude, the energy, the, dude, the vibes, man, it's just such a good energy here. And, uh, and I get excited. I'm like, let's go. Yes, that's the Holy Spirit. You know, that's, you're feeling the Holy Spirit. And, but how many know it cannot stay there? It cannot just be a good feeling, a good energy, a good vibe, a good thing. No, they need to know that it is the Holy Spirit of God who gives that. This culture is craving, craving a connection to the divine. That's why there's so many that are running to new age. That's why there's so many young people that are running to all these things that just want to feel good. They want to feel this like, ooh, just this vibe, like, like a good energy, man, you know? But let me tell you, all the things out there are counterfeits or they're from the enemy. We need to be a people who know the Holy Spirit so intimately so that the young people, the people of, of this world can know that they can actually know God himself. And God can come and live inside of them. And they don't have to look for counterfeits in this world, but they can know the Holy Spirit of God in them, living in them. So I remember talking to those people and telling them about God and the Holy Spirit and telling me like, man, I, like, I want this. They're leading him. He's only just one yes away. He's only one yes away. He just wants you to ask. Jesus talking to the multitudes, he says, oh, man. <laughs> he says to them, if one of your kids asks for bread, how many of you guys are going to give him a stone? Or how many of you guys would give him a scorpion if your son was like, yo, can I have some bread? He was like, of course not. None of you. Who would do that? And he goes, and if you, being imperfect, sinful mankind, know how to give good gifts to your sons, to your kids, how much more does the perfect heavenly father know how to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? All we've got to do is ask, church. We've got to ask. Many people hunger very few ask. You have not because you ask not. Many hunger because they can feel it. There's something. I need something. There's, what is that? Very few ask, but many hunger. And my message today is like, let's ask. Let's ask. 
So what is a friend? A friend is somebody who never leaves your side. I tell you, God will never, ever leave your side. He is somebody who is for you, not against you. He's somebody who will tell you the truth. And how many know a good friend is the one who will tell you the truth even when you don't want to hear it? That's a good friend. The relationship goes both ways. Us with him and him with us. And that he loves to spend time with you. I just thought about this, but I'm just going to say maybe God, somebody needs to hear this. God doesn't just love you, but he actually likes you. I don't know who needs to hear that. God doesn't just love you just because he's God. God is love. He actually likes you. He wants you. You're his prized possession. You're the apple of his eye, a daughter who he wants to, just wants you to walk in the confidence of your identity as his daughter. And nothing can take that away. No man can take that away. No, no past can take that away. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I just believe God wants to speak to somebody. He's a friend. He loves you so much. He wants you to know him. I thought about this this weekend. I don't, I don't want to get to heaven. I don't want to get to heaven just by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> I don't want to get to heaven because I got my heaven free ticket to heaven. Yeah, I, I prayed the prayer. I put it here, and then I live my life. And then, yeah, God's faithfulness. I believe he, like people like walk into heaven, and then I don't want to be somebody who walks into heaven and sees God, and it's like, oh, so that's who you are. Who sees God, sees Jesus, and it's like, nice to meet you. Not to get to heaven and, and see God and be like, oh, this is awkward. So that's you. Wow. Okay. No. I want to get to heaven and feel like I walk in and I see him and it's just, there you are. There you are. I want to continue my conversation with God once I get to heaven. That it's not the first time I talk to him when I get there. Lord, thank you. I'd like to invite the band to come up here. Jesus, thank you. God, we love you so much in this place. I just believe that even right now, Holy Spirit, you're leading people to truth. God, even like that friend at the coffee shop, God, I just want to get out of your way right now because I believe, God, you want to do something in somebody's heart. So Jesus, we thank you for what you are doing. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence with us always. God, thank you that you are our helper in our time of need. Thank you that you are our guide when we don't know where to go. Jesus, thank you that you are the one who always is closer than a brother, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. God, we love you so much. And Jesus, we, we just ask you now, would you come and fill me? God, I want to know you. I don't want to get to heaven and, and just see you there. I don't want to get to heaven and be like, oh, that's who you are, okay. 
No, I want to know you now, God. Like Moses spoke to you, like one talks to a friend. I want that now, God. And Jesus, you paid the price, Lord God. You, you, your sacrifice was good enough, Lord God, that the veil that separated mankind and God was torn in two from the top to the bottom, saying that God made a way. I can come into your presence now, God. We can come because you paid the price. God, I pray for every believer here who maybe their heart has become hardened because of hardship or trauma or even just, just, just disappointment this past year. Holy Spirit, I believe that right now you're even stirring up hearts, Lord God, softening hearts again towards you. Jesus, I believe that, God, that you even right now are even beckoning those who maybe don't even know you at all. If you're in this place and you're like, I don't think I've ever known God now that I hear this. Maybe I've come to church here and there. Maybe I know people who are Christians, but I myself do not know him. I say this with the most love that I can have in my heart. Jesus said, none can see the Father but through me. Jesus said, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again, born of spirit. If right now you feel even like a warmth in your chest or even your gut feels a little like, oh, like you feel something. You, you sense the knocking of God on the doorpost of your heart. I want to invite you, please respond to him today. Please. Yes. Please respond. We don't know how much time we got on this earth. We don't know when he's going to return. I was just at a hospital with people who were suffering and dying. Uh, I saw a man enter into eternity a couple days ago. And that did something to me. This isn't, we can't be playing games. We can't be just, just doing the thing because it's the thing. Checking the boxes because of the boxes. We can't just be doing this because we, we just like, it's a thing to do. God, you say that you shed your blood on the cross for our sins. That if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth, Holy Spirit, you say you come and regenerate us, make us your dwelling place, and you would save us. You would forgive us of every sin that we've ever committed. That you come and you, you would be our best friend. You would come and be our helper. You would come be our defender, our protector, our guide, our father. If you, if this is you and you're just like, I don't think I have this, but I feel it. I want this. I want this. With every head closed, every, every, every head bowed and eye closed, 
I just want to invite you to just raise your hand in this place. This is like, I want this. I want this. Amen. I want this. I want to know you, God. I want to know you. This is you, and, and just in your heart, you feel this. I'm going to pray. And there's nothing magical about this prayer. That The prayer is not what saves you. It's, it's, it's the, 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 the inner working of your heart, what God is doing in you. Pray this with me. And, and as a church, let's all pray so that we can help those who are praying this for real, like for themselves. So pray with me, church. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for your love. God, thank you that you came to die for me. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. That you died for my sin on the cross but that the grave could not hold you and you resurrected three days later. So God, forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to be born again. I want to live for you. I love you, Jesus. Thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.